Hey, welcome to episode three. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you watch the first two episodes, you are very mentally strong, and I really appreciate it. A few people that liked it, you, you're in my heart. Just want to remind everyone that this is a comedy podcast where I don't say anything funny at all for an hour. Thank you for all the feedback. Uh, it's really been a lot of fun trying to put it together, uh, cringing at the first two episodes, seeing my wife cringe. And uh, yeah, part of it was just, again, discipline to put it out there, even if it's not great. You can fuck around with things for a long time and never finish them. There's a really good documentary about South Park that came out a few years ago called, I think, Six Days to Air. And it shows how they make an episode in about a week. The creators talk about it. It's like, we could just mess around with the episode and try to fix it. But having that deadline kind of uh, inspires creativity because you just have to get it done in Part of the process of this podcast is figuring it out and it's just like making dough. Even if it's, you know, a little raw or burnt or it didn't, you know, rise properly because the yeast was dead. It's okay. Uh, figure it out. Maybe, you know, I forgot to add a little salt or last episode, I think I put a lot of fucking salt. Uh, number one feedback, no more clips, please. Uh, so I'll try to have no clips in this video. I might sneak in a few, so I apologize to my wife in advance uh, and my producers. I really appreciate the constant feedback. It, it's great. At the end of the day, it's only going to help me get better. So go ahead, throw it on me. It's all good. I try to do research, sometimes too much. You can either be not prepared at all or overprepared and be way too in your head. So part of the podcast is also to allow myself to ramble and throw ideas and you know stuff that's going on in my head just say it out loud after watching the first two episodes to figure out like okay what didn't work yeah i cringed a little bit no i cringed a lot let's be honest it's difficult you know i'm trying to edit the stuff in a really old computer that it kept crashing so wednesday i was just like 10 hours in front of the computer trying to edit clips and it was i movie shutting down and just just everywhere around the apartment trying to edit it and the thing kept shutting down trying to convert it and upload it to youtube and yeah and still wasn't happy with it but it's kind of a love letter to everyone that's trying to start a project um and saying look how shitty this is you can do better uh a little daniel johnstony i wanted to talk about daniel johnston first uh if you don't know him kurt cobain kind of made him famous by wearing his uh, hi how are you shirt i have one bought one for my uncle too there's a movie called uh the devil versus daniel johnston my uncle and my aunt told me to watch it uh, a few years ago and i really related kind of similar to this where it's just some guy trying to create uh daniel johnston loved the beatles he played piano and guitar he moved to austin started recording in his brother's garage uh, my wife lovely lovely human being she bought me all the tapes she made me this box too uh just Really nice, got a lot of uh, artwork and yeah, this are called cassettes. I love this kind of shit. Like when my uncle told me to watch this movie, he's like, I knew you like that. You like that, you know, shit, <laughs> basically. Uh, he loved it too. Uh, I know uh, more songs of pain. Uh, there's people that just want to, you know, create. So how do you play cassettes? We used to have these things called cassette players. And uh, which one's this one? The retired boxer. I always thought I'd be a good boxer just because uh, I always loved uh, Muhammad Ali. I remember one time I was at Costco with my mom. 
and they had a Muhammad Ali book that was written by his daughter. And I read it in like two days. I I always loved Muhammad Ali. I have a very close affinity to a lot of athletes and uh, artists. It's, yeah, I want to talk about Daniel Johnston because he wasn't too caught up in like, oh, this doesn't sound great or I'm recording, this sounds shitty. He just like, let's do it. At some point, they put him in a, an insane asylum. And I think that's where he wrote Devil Town. Man, yeah. He died in 2019, heart attack, kind of like Bob Saget recently. Sometimes there's movies or music that it's good to go back to if it inspires you to be present for uh, creativity. People talk about having a muse or a place that inspires them to create. And to me, part of it is just being there, uh, I know Bob Dylan had a producer that said he didn't write those songs. It was God. God just grabbed him and kicked him in the ass. And that's where all the songs came from. And uh, yeah, to me, creativity and uh, a lot of truth, the search for truth. Michael Singer, I think that's the first book he wrote uh, when he was in college. He wrote, uh, he's most famous for The Untethered Soul. He also wrote a book called The Surrender Experiment. Uh, I recommend all three. He's a very interesting guy. Interviewing in the food industry. Okay. I want to give some tips. Since I've done a lot of interviews, both sides, interviewing people and having to be the interviewee, I'll make them brief. There's always so many videos of like, you got to do this and, you know, be confident. Don't be, you know, be secure. Don't be an asshole, but, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, I saw this video where this guy was like, you know, most people, their fears are here and their skills are here. My fears are here and my skills are here. I'm just that good. And part of life is trying to lower your fear by increasing skills. Otherwise, you're just, you know, a fucking phony. What was that uh, festival? The fire festival? And now it's going to be when we were young. Um, yeah, it's hard. A lot of life now is a bit of a mirage where you, you see advertisement or people are trying to lure you in. And you get there and it's like... Here's a fucking tomato and an iceberg lettuce. This podcast, like, I want it to be funny, but it's also for people that want to think critically, you know? It's important to try to get to know people and realize, like, why do they think that way? The first two episodes, I was trying to, like, lay the foundation of why I think the way that I do. That's just how I am. I always think of both sides, and I just try to realize, how did this person get to that place uh, because just thinking they're dumb or they're sexist or they're weak or they're a social justice warrior, just labeling people and putting them in a box, you deaden the person, right? That person's not longer allowed to be able to change their mind. There's a documentary about the Beastie Boys. Uh, they had a song, I think it's called Girls, and they had a lot of misogynistic uh, lyrics so they talk to them about it. Like, what do you think about writing that stuff? And they talk about, like, I'm not that person anymore, right? They say, um, that, oh, that was a kid and I'd rather, you know, change. And if people think I'm a hypocrite, whatever, I'd rather people think I'm a hypocrite and be able to change as opposed to just stick in with a point of view or belief that I no longer care to carry with me. Uh, so many people just want to, 
like they don't want to let go of the backpack, right? You see either conservatives or liberals. Uh, so there's a lot of misinformation. I know I wanted to put a clip here of Russell Brand, the guy from Forget and Sir Marshall, talking about it. He's talking about misinformation and COVID and the way that a lot of people just don't even want to allow the conversation to happen, right? It's like, isn't it the First Amendment, freedom of speech? Like, can we all just say whatever we want? Yeah, but what if it's hurting people? You know, what if it's misinformation? How do you know? Did you read it or did you just see the title of an article on Facebook? That's what we're talking about here. The management of information. Which stories are amplified? Which stories are ignored? Has there been misinformation elsewhere across the course of the pandemic? I mean, just run your own mental check here. Do you remember ever being told anything during this pandemic, which later on has proven not to be true? Have you at any point been told stuff? Let's have a look at that later. So Neil Young demanded his music be pulled from Spotify. Other artists joined, such as Joni Mitchell. I'm making no accusations, certainly not around heroes like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, but there is a financial component. And when there is a financial component in a capitalist consumer democracy, you have to consider that as one of the factors. Well, let's take that off the table, the main thing we all live our lives by, that you have to do a job to get money. Forget that. Now, let's look at morals and ethics and those things that you barely notice till someone tries to use it against you as a weapon. The mainstream media and the government itself and government-funded agencies are responsible for misinformation, pivots, contradictions, hypocrisy. That's all just been laid out for you. Not to mention, you've experienced it. You don't need the media or me to tell you that. Remember your own life. Hang on, that happened, then that happened. They said this, then they said that. They told me this, then they told me that. You remember all that stuff, right? So... If it really is about misinformation, let's treat everyone's misinformation in the same way. Otherwise, conclusions could be drawn that some misinformation is valuable and important and helps the interests of the powerful, so it's never addressed, never ever excluded, never edited or censored, whereas other misinformation is a problem. And you decide for yourself what might be causing that. Not only that, algorithms are made to just keep you in that, you know, angry and sad and worried and then a little horny and then angry again. And then here's a dog or a cat video, whatever you find funny. So I know a lot of people are just stuck in apathy. As a manager, I've seen the time that people spent on the bathroom, in the bathroom, on the bathroom. They're on the bathroom floor. That's how it feels. Uh, as a manager, <laughs> yeah, the time that people go to the bathroom has increased dramatically in the last like eight years and i'm like i know you're just in the bathroom scrolling on your phone right like i know you're on youtube or tumblr or instagram or tiktok um or you gotta watch your diet because uh yeah it's been 30 minutes and it's the second or third time today um yeah what do you do are you chuck berry and put cameras in the bathroom that reference is in regards to uh the fact that chuck berry johnny be good he owned restaurants, and he was a bit of a perv, so they found that he would install cameras in the bathrooms to watch <laughs> women pee. It's a fucking weird world that we live in, right? Uh, I know that in the 12 years I had in the food industry, a lot of people share secrets with me because I guess I have the face of, like, this guy's not going to say anything. So I've tried speaking up, you know, when I thought this is wrong, uh... And usually gets you in trouble. I saw an article about some, I think it was Domino's employees that were fired because they filmed their managers playing video games when it was busy. 
And uh, I'm, I've known a lot of those managers, right? That they lock themselves in the office and the team is just fucking suffering out there. You know, you would get the red tickets because it's a... Uh, they would change color depending on how long it took. And if it went over, I think it was seven minutes, the ticket would turn red. And yeah, if your store had a lot of red tickets, uh, you know, it's a bad sign and corrective actions, all that stuff. But yeah, I went to like four or five different stores. And I saw when that would happen, I would talk to the team and it's it can be really hard to work in the food industry. Sometimes we're like, no one is, uh, you know, helping or employees are alone a lot of the time i was i took out a bunch of old notebooks uh to read about you know my time it was really funny my first uh, month i had a thing and it was just like i'm just in the back cutting onions and lettuce and washing dishes and like nobody's talking to me like the managers don't even care they like lock themselves in the office and they're always fighting like the two managers at that store hated each other so i was always in the middle and one would be like this is how you do an invoice right do it like this so i would do it like that and then I would get scolded because like, that's not how you do the invoice. What are you, dumb? Like, no, this is how you do it. And I spent like three or four months like in the middle of that argument. The One of the managers, he was not doing okay. Uh, he was very depressed. Another one was quitting because he just hated <laughs> at that point. And I was just trying to make the best of it. So I was just like, hey, I'm going to go get some juices or I'm going to go get coffee. I brought donuts. And it got to the point where it's like we were almost able to resolve some of the issues like i got the two managers to kind of try to talk it out uh at some point i remember we all sat at a table and nothing really got resolved honestly uh a lot of people cried and yeah it was it was a bit of silly because i just saw that it was people not being able to forgive each other and just like let's just move on right like we're here working together it's super busy like the employees would use like them disliking each other to create more fights. And when that happens, it's really hard because if you try to speak up, sometimes it's like, what are you, a troublemaker? It's like, no, like I'm here, you know, five, six days a week. And I notice these things and these people get in whatever yelled at. And then no one's here during these hours. And what should we do about, you know, a lot of stuff. I remember someone got fired because all the employees would make fun of him like they would talk about him in front of him like this guy's fucking stupid or like they don't worry about him. He just has mental problems. And I was like, man, this is not going to end good. Good? Well, come on, man. Starting a podcast, can't even talk. I don't talk good, okay? Um, we went over. I'm a foreigner. And the guy got fired at some point. Um, and he started writing fake reviews on Yelp and Google, calling the managers like, you know, abusers. And uh, it got to such a crazy point. But it all started with those little things that no one cared about, right? Uh, one time, this guy that was a trainer, it was late at night, which is me and one of the other managers. It was really busy. And at some point, one of the guy on the grill like flipped out and started screaming at everyone. So the manager took him to the back. And this was happening frequently. It was an older guy. So that guy would just get upset with everyone because he was in his 40s and he was working with 20-something-year-old, he would always flip out about anything. Just explode, throw everything out, walk away. And this manager, sometimes, you know, because of what we lived through in our childhood, we reenact it. So it's like, oh, you know, Papa's upset again. Let's go, you know, help him out and talk to him. So they left, and 
we had to get someone else on grill. Tickets kept coming in. We started hitting the red because other people were like, every time, like they were complaining about the guy. And uh, now we were down a manager and the guy that was on the grill and tickets kept coming in. Then there was a guy on Expo. So the guy on Expo was supposed to take the made burgers and put them in trays. Uh, he got so mad. He just said, this is why we're always fucking losing. This is why. And I was just like, it's okay. Like, okay, relax. Let's, where are you at? I was trying to help him out. And we had built good report because I was just the guy that I would just work. Right. I would say, okay, what do we do? What do you need? Like, I would run. I would always, like, if you work with me, you know that usually the bottom of my shirts would be wet and dirty because I would try to do dishes at like a thousand a minute and then make orders and I would always be flying around. Um, and he was just like, he just put his head down. It's like, no, Julian, it's it's not you. It's just... And then the manager and the guy came back and the guy, now the guy on Expo was mad. So the manager had to take the guy on Expo to the back and talk to them. And that was, yeah, months at that. We was just always fighting. Managers and employees would like pass each other. And they would like, and I was like, what is going on, man? It was so difficult. And trying to drive from West Hollywood to Glendale was such a pain in the ass because there's no good freeways. And it would take me so long, like way over an hour. Uh, there was no parking. At Downtown LA, my wife is like, they're going to sue you. Why are they going to sue me? I'm just saying what I experienced. In downtown LA, they would not pay for my parking. And it was in the worst possible location where there was like, it's in the jewelry district. So there's no free parking. And there's only one lot. So sometimes I would just have to park there. Ended up costing me like $1,000 in a month. And they didn't want to pay for any of it. They were just like, just take public transportation. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Good to know. Uh, one time, <laughs> sometimes you get out way past midnight, right? Sometimes open until 10, 11. It can take three hours to close. And <laughs> I was the only manager closing. I got used to like, usually there's two managers closing because you got to do inventory and help the team and sign off on stations. Suck it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I would have to show up at 2 p.m., work all night until 1, 2 a.m. And yeah, a lot of the time <laughs> in the parking structure, I would have to pay twice because it would be after midnight. So it would charge me for a second day. And, uh, it was crazy. And I tried to speak up about it, but it was like, eh, cry baby. Like, come on. Who cares? Suck it up. So now we're going to read a little bit of uh, Chuck P, guy that wrote Fight Club. Uh, he recently wrote a book about writing called Consider This. He tries to be very specific about what makes a good writer, some quotes from other writers that are helpful, and trying to disassemble the mechanics of, uh, yeah, write in a, a good fiction story. In this part, he talks about depicting social models through repetition. He goes over some successful novels like How to Make an American Quilt, The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, The Joy Luck Club, uh, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, The Dead Poets Society, and, of course, Fight Club. 
My guess is that people haven't a clue how to get along. They need a structure, rules, and roles to play. Once those are established, people can gather and compare their lives. They can learn from each other. One writer always said, writers write because they weren't invited to the party. So bear in mind that the reader is also alone. A reader is more likely to feel socially awkward and crave a story that offers a way to be in the company of others. The reader alone in bed or alone in an airport crowded with strangers will respond to the party scenes at Jay Gatsby's mansion. That's the reason so many of my books depict the social model. The party crashing game and ran, tightly structured movie set protocol and snuff. What does that mean? Podcast listeners also are lonely people. My mom is used to, in Argentina, she would listen to this radio show hosted by a guy who at some point he had HIV and then turned into AIDS and he had cancer and he would do multiple voices even here she would have like tape recordings of it that she would play in the car where he would talk about gay sex and yeah a lot of uh <laughs> interesting stuff to hear when you're a teenager another good quote that i like is uh what dogs want is for no one to ever leave that's amy hempel i like that drawing writers write because they weren't invited to the party podcaster podcast because they're fucking also they don't know how to talk to people properly i wanted to talk briefly about going on interviews and uh, how to prepare and not be too nervous i've been guilty of it over preparing and then having information that's not relevant or that important to the person who's interviewing you my tips top tips on how to interview properly for any job number one do your research you want to know where am i going who is interviewing me? What is this place known for? Sometimes I would interview people and they would know nothing about the restaurant or the cafe. Wouldn't go to the Yelp, wouldn't Google it. And they would just show up and say, I just want a job. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm great. Yeah. I remember one time I asked someone like, how would you deal with a customer that was being difficult? And she was like, oh, one time I was at Starbucks and someone kept complaining. So I would just give them free gift cards. I just kept giving like, I gave them like a hundred dollars worth of gift cards. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Why do you want to work here? I don't know. I'm just waiting for, you know, Starbucks to get back to me. So in the meantime, I just need something. All right. Other tips. Have questions. What is the job like? Why? Uh, what's that person doing? Who is someone successful that has done it before? What are their qualities? What's their work ethic? People that have done it poorly, you know? What are examples of people not doing this job well? What do you need right now? What would, you know, relieve some of the stress? As a manager, you're always just like trying to find people that, can adapt and fit in and uh, be resilient. It's hard being the new person because other people are trying to test you, sometimes laugh at you. I remember at one job, uh, they were like, yeah, that guy, he's going to be your assistant. And I was left alone with the guy. So we're working and it's late at night and he's just like looking at me from the side. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And that was <laughs> months. I know... The first few episodes were very cringy, but just because I want people to know that uh, I mean no harm. All the weird, disgusting things I said are also to, one, to just a dump out of my head. I was just, like right now, just talking, not pronouncing my G's. I know I got to do a better job at pronouncing my G's. Yeah, part of the first few episodes is to show it's okay if you're not perfect, right? If whatever you try to do isn't great, it's all right. You don't have like all the resources, you know, you might not have a great mic or a camera or a computer that won't crash every 20 minutes. The podcast, it's that type of exercise, it's just me going to the gym. But instead of making like 10 minute videos, uh, again, because I try to over deliver, it's like 
I grabbed a two pound weight and just started <laughs> running around here like a crazy man, throwing it up in the air. And people are like, well, he's, he's got a two pound weight. He's doing a lot with it, but it is just a two pound weight. It's not that impressive. We can only go up from here. Hopefully. Um, it's comedy and critical thinking. Cause I believe that, uh, I personally believe that America is such a great country helping such nations as, um, no, I believe that uh, critical thinking is necessary, but so many people just just want to worship their idols blindly. And that's the next evolutionary step. It's a conscious evolutionary step where we can actually, you know, look at reality and discern what is useful, what is not useful anymore, how we should treat each other. I remember I had a teacher that made me read Martin Luther King's uh, the letter he wrote when he was in the Birmingham jail. Uh, has that famous quote. Again, meme is quoting. An injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things that, right? For some people. Some people are like, that's ah, fucking stupid. Whatever. Who cares? I'm okay. Whatever. I don't even care if my neighbor's on fire. I believe that we have an old brain, right? It's so stuck with sex and food and shelter um, that we don't climb a little higher on that hierarchy of needs to be self-realized. I remember uh, in high school, kind of having a health class. Uh, my health teacher's name, my, my wife was so mad at me because she was like, you said you're not going to mention people's names And five minutes later, you say people's first and last name. Uh, if I say your name, it's because I love you and I'm not going to say anything negative about you. I promise. And if I ever say anything negative, uh, I apologize in advance. I'm not trying to. I'm just using examples from my experiences um, to, I don't know, resolve things in my head and hopefully maybe help someone along the path who has these questions or fears or isn't sure, right? Sometimes it's good to know I'm not the only one that f feels that way. There's someone else out there. Even if, you know, <laughs> they're a silly Argentine Jew, Catholic, Buddhist, redheaded. <laughs> even if it's that guy, uh, you can rest assured there's other people out there like you with the same fears and desires. So yeah, talking about, uh, we're talking about maybe an evolutionary uh, step forward, being able to decide like, you know, maybe if this person doesn't want to have sex with me, I should just leave them alone instead of like, why don't you come up to my room or try to, you know, give them drinks or, uh, I know, again, it's a comedy podcast, but it's also about critical thinking and stuff that I like and that's on my mind. Uh, so part of uh, this last 15 minutes or so, We're going to talk a little bit about sports and uh, the yeah the way women are treated by athletes and coaches and you know what happened in the Olympics uh, with the gymnastics coach or the doctor. I just think of it like if I have a daughter and something like that happened, I am very peaceful. But someone that was accused recently of rape, assault, sexual assault, and threats to kill is a Manchester United player. What's his name? Uh, Mason Greenwood. He's 20, uh, English bloke. And uh, yeah, there are pictures out there. He was dating an 18-year-old student. 
and she posted recently a bunch of pictures and an audio. I saw the pictures in her audio. I'm not going to post anything here because uh, it's pretty upsetting. And yeah, when you hear the audio, some people, not everyone, some people are like, whatever, she's wants money and other people defended her. Like, what are you talking about? She, she has a bunch of money. She doesn't need money. If you hear the audio and you have a daughter or a wife or a mom or a sister or a cousin or you have any empathy for just another human being, evolutionary, we need to treat each other with respect. If someone doesn't want to do something or if they don't want to be around you, leave them the fuck alone, Bill Cosby. Yeah, it's upsetting. I know that as a manager, it's happened a lot. I fired people for doing stuff like that. I remember once, uh, yeah, it came to a point where I couldn't agree with someone that I work with because there was a customer, this was many, many years ago, there was a customer that touched a server inappropriately, slapped her butt, and because that customer would spend hundreds of dollars, the owner was like, no, they can stay. They can continue to come back. I'll take care of them. Like that server never has to help them. I'll take care of them. I was pretty shocked, but it's the world, right? It's not morals and ethics. It's money. Cash is king, baby. A few minutes of the podcast, I wanted to briefly just how many guys in their early 20s have taken their life. I knew a guy from Argentina in my high school. He jumped off a building. I know he wrote a note to his family. No one in the school knew what he wrote, but it was pretty shocking. I think he was a year older than me. We were in the same Spanish class. And yeah, you never know what someone's going through. That same year, a guy that sat next to me in social studies overdosed and... Yeah, one day they came in and it's like, oh, this guy, accidental overdose, maybe, we don't know. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. When you know someone and they take their life, I, you know, it, everyone goes through stuff. Even if they have money or it seems like they, you know, they have the perfect life. It's like, but you're tall and you have beautiful hair and like, come on, you have a car and you got money. What's the, what's the issue? And sometimes you say that to someone who's like, oh, another person that thinks I have it all, but I don't. Like inside, I'm breaking up. Uh, so as a teenager in early 20s, I was that friend that's always trying to support people like that. You know, I've had a few friends that were like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm, and then not respond. So it's one in the morning and I get in my car and I go to their house and I'm like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Uh, at some point, I stopped. I was like, you can't be that, you know, Johnny Savior where you're trying to save everyone all the time because you got to take care of yourself. As I want to talk about self-care and making sure that you're okay mentally, right? Like, that's number one. You can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself. And uh, a lot of people that take their life, it's because sometimes it could be, you know, oppression or past trauma or chemical imbalance. There's so many, you know, who was it recently? It wasn't Bjork. It was... Uh, Sinead O'Connor, right? Her son. A few celebrities lost their son. A friend of mine, too. He knew this guy. <sighs> Man, what a bummer talking about suicide. So how do you take care of yourself, right? When other people are like, you should drink a cup of celery juice. You should do 20,000 steps a day. Meditate three times a day on one foot. You know, cover one ear, cover one nose, and then fart. It's a, an immediate uh, solution to depression. Everyone wants to have that quick, take this shit, you're done. It's okay to be like, man, I, I just need a break. I need a few weeks or a month. Or if you can afford a year, just take a year. We're just trying to stack stuff. And then the most important thing gets crushed by being a good son and making money. Trying to take care of the external and 
the internal just dies a little bit. Never dies, right? There's a book called Course in Miracles. It's behind me. And it talks about how nothing unreal exists. Nothing real can be hurt. The ultimate reality is that we're all here together and we're all kind of walking each other home. I don't know about God or whatever you like to call it, higher power or the source. Yeah, we all come from the source. We're all going back to the source. Can't be described. Uh, I read a lot of books that try to describe it and or talk about how you can't describe it. And yeah, it's important to take care of yourself and know that everything else can wait. At some point, you have to take action. And this guy, Tony, he talks about, you know, emotion comes from motion. So if you move, it helps your body feel better. Um, on the Tony Robbins seminar I did last week, a lot of people were upset on day three when he talked about relationships and yeah, the way he described women and men. It's just like, this is so old school. And, you know, Tony has this really... You know, archaic views of looking at females and exercises where you're supposed to get up and look at someone next to you and go, I own you. I own you. And uh, I don't know, it's supposed to pump you up and like, you know, build confidence like you can take on anyone. But at some point you have to realize, is that a way that maybe we need to evolve out of? Like, it's okay to like, battle yourself right if you're running it's like i want to run five miles and run on mile four you're like i'm gonna own this run or you think about you got a match or you're trying to accomplish whatever so you're like thinking about that but yeah i i believe that we need to get out of i don't care how i use this person or this group i need to extract value off of them no matter what sometimes it's you know sexual value the Mason Greenwood, there's like Ryan Giggs, there's Mendy, the Manchester City defender that got accused of rape four times. Uh, a lot of people love Kareem Benzema. Same, he was accused of uh, paying an underage prostitute with another French player. I was just reading an article about a soccer coach for North Carolina who would take some of the girls from the team out drinking and then... One of the accusations was that he told some of the players, like, if you guys kiss, practice tomorrow will be easy. Things like that happen. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think the last few years is just an issue that's been going on for a millennia, which is men being pieces of shit towards women. I know it's controversial and a lot of people are going <laughs> to message me about it. I don't think it's that controversial, uh, honestly. Whether you're, I don't care what do you identify as or who you want to love or how you want to dress? Everyone should be respected and people that want to make other people suffer, you can turn it off. Uh, this podcast not for you. I met a lot of those people in the food industry where they use their power to, you know, gain trust or, you know, take people out or a lot of stuff, right? And sometimes when I tried speaking up, then you're the troublemaker, you know, it's like, why are you trying to cause shit? He's our best employee. Right? It's like, okay, but he's kind of touching girls inappropriately. Ah, he's the best. You're just sensitive. Did anyone accuse him of anything? Or like, do you have evidence? That's the hardest part of working in the food industry. As a manager, you're doing 10,000 things. And sometimes it's just hearsay because 
everyone's moving around, people are in the back, in the bathroom, they go outside, and um, yeah, you need a lot of checks and balances as a manager. You need people to have your back, because yeah, you can't do anything with hearsay. Uh, so what is all this talking about, man, and sexual abuse, and evolving consciously, uh, what does that do with comedy? It's easier to laugh if we know that we're all doing okay, right? It's hard to try to um, be jolly, even though you know, I said I'm a jolly guy. When you know that so many people are suffering, Ramdas talks about every moment your heart should be breaking and overjoyed at the same time. Sounds like multiple personalities or bipolar syndrome, but it is the truth, right? It's acknowledging every moment there's, you know, someone being born, someone falling in love, someone getting married, uh, people creating beautiful art. And there's also people being murdered and abused and taken advantage of and not heard. Uh, this case recently with the North Carolina coach that got fired for inappropriate sexual advances towards players. It happens a lot. I mentioned it before with uh, the food industry. And uh, part of this podcast, too, is like pushing people like to make the right decision. I know sometimes when I was at a place and employees would tell me about, oh, this happened at this other store. And I would just bite my tongue, sometimes be at meetings and yeah, be really upset because I would want to speak up. But knowing that... Uh, no one gives a shit most of the time. People just want it to be easy. Like at jobs, I know when it's like, it's just, just one body's in there, right? It's just like a herd. Like they don't fucking care. It's just, they'll have someone bad as long as they can do the job. I've been in a lot of jobs for supervisors or managers. They're just on their phone, you know, doing nothing. They give away free stuff to make out with the girl from the ice cream place. Yeah. And then I say stuff and they're like, well, you know, or they laugh. Oh, oh that's funny. You know? Whatever, we'll talk to him. Or did you talk to him? That's the worst thing that a superior can tell you sometimes. Where it's like, this fucking person's been doing it for years, right? Who am I? I showed up 10 minutes ago and you're telling me to confront them about what you allowed for years. Priming, it's an important thing to think about. If you never you know, studied a little bit of what it means to prime other people, I would suggest you you know, watch a few videos and understand that sometimes people that are in power, Jeffrey Epstein... Big example. They try to prime you to... It's a comedy podcast, guys. You know, treating everyone with respect. Respect. Yeah, we need to do better. Yeah, there shouldn't be... There should be, like, no tolerance for any sort of abuse in any way. To me, part of it is that that Tony Robbins... Like, I love Tony Robbins, but there's stuff that I disagree with him, right? I like Jordan Peterson. There's stuff that I don't agree with Joe Rogan. I haven't listened to Joe Rogan in like so long. Since he joined Spotify, I stopped caring because I love the YouTube comment section. I love reading the comments on every YouTube video. Um, so it's okay to disagree with people, even if you love them and respect them. And every word they said is like tattooed in your heart. If you're watching this right now, it's a call to think critically. I remember when I would watch uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver and before Trump got elected, there was a, like a 30-minute video he did about just what a fraud he is. Like, it's like everything he's done, bankrupt, you know, Trump University, Trump steaks, Trump knives, the everything 
he failed at. He's not a successful businessman. People think he is because he's just a used car salesman. But yeah, he's a fraud. He's kind of fire festival. There's nothing in there. It's a hollow persona he created. And I thought he's never going to get elected. At that point, I was working six days a week at a restaurant. Uh, again, because I try to stand up for what's right and morals. So that cost me uh, to work Monday, Tuesday all day. Tuesday I would show up at 11 or 10 a.m. and leave at 10 p.m. Wednesday, Thursday I have off. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I remember it was Tuesday. Tuesday election. So I was there all day, sitting by the TV, thinking it's never going to happen. He's never going to never gonna happen. And then it happened. And it was that, uh, oh shit, simulation change. What does this mean? Since that day, it was like a bit like popping a pimple. And all the pus came out. So we're like, a, but that pimple was there, right? That was America. America. I don't remember who said it, but I think it was Tim Dillon, another comedian podcaster. He said, uh, Trump is what America is. Barack Obama was what, you know, Americans want to feel like. We want to feel like we're a young, athletic, smooth black guy, but we're disgusting, you know, pink fraud. Who are you talking? You know, you're, you're the pinkest pink. I don't know if this podcast was funny. I really just wanted to touch on those subjects because it's all I've been thinking about. We all need to do a better job at uh, thinking critically and yeah, not being overtaken by either our emotions or being completely the opposite. We're emotional beings, but sometimes beings, we're emotional beings. Sometimes we, uh, yeah, we choose to negate our emotions and we try to just be up here and it shows, right? Kids know, kids know when someone's lying or they're full of it. And as adults... Most adults are sneaky, sneaky, man. We're trying to masquerade what we are trying to do. Uh, it's part of the mystery of, uh, you know, being a grown-up. Mystery is uh, very uh, seductive. We like mysterious things, right? Another book I recommend, I mentioned Ryan Holiday last episode, Lives of the Stoics. It starts with Zeno, the prophet, uh, and talks about how stoicism began in misfortune and that this guy, uh, he was in a boat. He had a cargo full of uh, purple dye. I want that purple stuff. Uh, that it was prized by the wealthy and by royalty who dressed themselves in clothes and colored with it. The rare dye was painstakingly extracted by slaves from the blood of sea snails and dried in the sun until it was, as one ancient historian said, worth its weight in silver. There was a shipwreck and he lost everything. That's how Stoic philosophy started. With someone losing, there's always, you know, different accounts of the story, but... Just how we need to be alchemist with what happens in our lives. Whatever life throws at us, how can we, you know, form it into something beautiful? Or something that uh, will create some sort of uh, stillness or some kind of a, a truth. Something I watched recently, I don't know if anyone saw it, was uh, Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee uh, series on Hulu. The first three episodes air. And uh, I was reading an article about it and how hypocritical it was. It was directed by Lake Bell, I think is her name. And she wanted to do it because she read the script and f connected with it. Because during the 2014 uh, Celebgate scandal, a lot of her pictures were hacked and put on the net. So she had to like have uh, interviews with the FBI to talk about it and how it was so humiliating 
So she was like, so I, she wanted to direct this uh, series. And the article talked about how hypocritical it was because Pamela Anderson did not agree to it. She said nothing when they contacted her about making it. Tom Lee's a piece of shit. He abused her. Tom Lee, he's a fucking asshole. And it just romanticizes like their story about how it's like, oh, this wild love and passion and blah, blah, blah. And how they make Pamela Anderson look so strong. And, but if you see the whole thing, it's just like, it talks about it. If you saw a sex tape, basically the show shows you what happened in the sex tape over and over again. They're making money out of it. It's all about Pamela Anderson and probably the number one thing she doesn't want to talk about or be reminded of. It's so romanticized. Like it's trying to be like moral maybe. I know this is very controversial because sometimes people try to be high and mighty, especially celebrities, but they're just so fucking <laughs> like wrong because their life is uh, just a fantasy. Someone was like, you know, it's okay to share what, how you feel, Julian, but I know someone that, you know, that she was abused her whole life and then she watched her parents get beaten and and tortured. And I was just like, what? is this during the time of Voldemort? Like, wh what? I get it. Yeah, we all go through difficult stuff. Some people go through such, I call it like spiritual pain, where it's so extreme that if you're able to come out of it with any positivity or any you know, joy for life. To me, that's like a spiritual giant, you know, non fucking, what's his name? Joel Osteen, that the, the guy from Texas who, when there was a flood in Texas and his church was not touched at all, he wouldn't let people in the church. Yeah, that's a Christian guy. And there's people that will die for that guy and always donate. And so people are like, well, but he, he's actually a really good guy. Nah, he's, you know, think critically. Right. Let's start that process. Let's start to think critically. And based on what we learn one day, we change our actions. Right. If we see that there's so much sexual abuse and people unable to speak up because of money. And this article talks about, you know, men defending men and a lot of the women from the U.S. soccer team trying to defend the, the, the players from the university just because uh, it's hard, right? I can't even imagine going through such traumatic things and then wanting to speak up and people being like, you just want money. You want to ruin his career. Knowing a lot of guys with a very old school mentality. Again, this is a comedy podcast, but comedy was centered a lot about, you know, making fun of women and people in the LGBT community. And I'm all for making fun of everyone i feel like everyone should be fair game as long as we're all you know treated equally and have the same opportunities and then we can all fucking laugh and make fun of each other until then we need to work a little harder whatever your circle is at work in your family with your friends learning how to be brave um just for the future of you know your kids my kids to not worry. There's people that go to sleep knowing their kids were brutally assaulted and murdered. It's a comedy podcast, man. Come on. I know it's a comedy podcast, but, you know, having a sister and being with my wife for over 10 years, having to you know, watch a lot of documentaries and movies and podcasts about what women go through and have gone through, especially in the last, you know, 80 years where it's easier to record it. It makes you want to make a change for the better have a better future overall right now it's so everything's all over the place right i was 
reading about Neil Young selling his catalogue. Amazon and Apple Music have since flaunted support for Neil Young with special deals and playlists. Forget that. Now, let's look at morals and ethics and those things that you barely noticed till someone tries to use it against you as a weapon. So it's like maybe the move wasn't about Joe Rogan and all the misinformation. Right? Cash is king. If you ever think that uh, companies or rich people are doing stuff because of their morality and ethics... Yeah, we need to do better. All of us. The comedy podcast, where I don't say anything funny. Be funny. <coughs> so thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. Hope to see you again on Wednesday. And uh, be funny, bitch.